Welcome to the Universal Dancer Podcast with your host, Leslie Zare, author of The Alchemy of Dance and The Alchemia Remedies, coming to you from Cairo, Egypt, the ancient land of Chem. Journey with us to explore sacred dance, the sacred arts, the mystical and the magical. Join a community of like-minded souls seeking to understand the cosmic dance of co-creation through the sacred arts. Come along and expand your mind, ignite your creativity, and explore something new and something old. Welcome, welcome to the Universal Dancer podcast. So this is our last podcast for this year. I can't believe that we, <laughs> that it's a whole year has passed us by already. So I hope the year went smoothly for everyone. I wish you a happy new year now in case I forget at the end, but I hope it all went well. And thank you for, for watching the show this year. And we have uh, another lineup for you of, of very interesting people for next year. So let's just jump right in and let me introduce you to my guest for this show. Mega Nancy Buttenheim is Chief Joy Officer and Founding Director of a transformational movement practice in school called Let Your Yoga Dance. Let Your Yoga Dance is where joy and fun meet deep and sacred. Mega has served on faculty with the Whole Being Institute since its inception in 2011, creating embodied positive psychology to bring positive psychology teaching tenets into the body, mind, and spirit. From 1985 to 2020, Mega was a senior faculty member and teacher trainer at Kirpalo Center for Yoga and Health, teaching and training thousands of people in yoga, holistic health, and moving meditation, along with her own signature training, Let Your Yoga Dance Teacher Training. Presently, Mega teaches trainings and Zoom classes in Let Your Yoga Dance for all populations, including the elderly and people with Parkinson's. She also teaches gentle yoga and qigong. Her credo, everyone is a dancer. Mega is committed to bringing the dance of yoga to everyone, of all ages, including people who feel marginalized due to age, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, MS, etc. To that end, Mega directs Let Your Yoga Dance teacher training for special populations throughout North America and Costa Rica. She led Kirpalo Yoga teacher training for eight years and leads Introduction to Yoga and Meditation and Let Your Yoga Dance workshops, retreats, and trainings in the U.S. and abroad. She joined Tal Ben Shahar with the Whole Being Institute to lead certification in positive psychology both in Melbourne, Australia and Lake Tahoe, California. She continues to teach in these certifications on Zoom. She is author of Expanding Joy, Let Your Yoga Dance, Embodied Positive Psychology, the first book written about movement in the world of positive psychology. Her album, Let Your Yoga Dance with Mega, is very popular 
as is her MP4, Moving With Your Strengths, a series of mini-videos she filmed to introduce all 24 positive psychology character strengths into the body, mind, and spirit using yoga, qigong, relaxation, meditation, and let your yoga dance. Mega is also the author of yoga and music MP4s and MP3s, such as Introduction to Yoga and Meditation, Moon Tides, Power and Grace, and Animal Songs, original songs about animals for kids and light-hearted adults. Let's welcome Mega to the show. Hi, Mega. Welcome to the show. Leslie, thank you for that introduction. That was really quite <laughs> remarkable to hear. <laughs> it is remarkable. You, you've done a lot. So we, we're going to have a lot to talk about. So, yeah. so let's jump right in. Um, I always like to ask just how you first started dancing. Where did your dance journey begin? Well, I guess <laughs> I would have to say, I guess I would have to say the womb. Uh, my mother, you know, said when I was born, oh, thank God, she was kicking <laughs> like crazy and dancing. So mom sent me off to dance class, modern dance in uh, Bedford Hills, New York, um, with the Stephanie Nelson School of Modern Dance at age four. So I was, you know, trained in, you know, beautiful modern dance, pretty much a la Martha Graham, I would say that was the closest you could come to that. And then, um, and then I went, I just continued my dance studies when I went off to boarding school, a wonderful, wonderful teacher. And then I majored in dance and theater in college. So just kept right on going. And, you know, I was a big performer. I, if I had had my druthers, I would have just jumped right into musical theater, but it always seemed to be dance and then Shakespeare. <laughs> so I didn't get to do as many musicals as I wanted to. And then, but I, 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 even during my decade of being a resident actor in different repertory companies with Shakespeare, there was always a dance component. So I really was lucky in many ways that I was raised in the dance world. It wasn't so much a focus at that time on sacred dance. It was more performance oriented, really. Um, but then I got to a yoga ashram, Kripalu Center, where they were and, and I was straight out of New York City at that point where, you know, when you go to a dance class, a, a, a gentle dance class is really, really hard. You know, you've got to be very well. There's nothing gentle about it. No. <laughs> nothing. And so when I got to Kripalu, they did have a dance form there, which I thought sort of it was like a spiritual aerobics class. But what was neat about it was that everybody was welcome. And that was astonishing. I would look around and I go, these people look like they've never danced in their lives. And that was so shocking to me because that wasn't my background. And then I went, wow, dance, you know something? I've been, I've been barking up the wrong tree here. So I stayed, I was only gonna be there for a month and I stayed, I ended up being there for 36 years. But the ashram, <laughs> the ashram was just, the you ashram was your 12 place. years. Well, yeah, but so what I did was I took that dance form and I thought, well, we're in a yoga center. Why don't we bring yoga and dance together? So I think I might be jumping ahead of your question, but uh, <laughs> I, we're going to we're going to jump right in there. But I do think that yeah. uh, that it's an interesting point, because I think a lot of us who who went into dance 
to regular dance, dance classes and, and theater and, and that type of thing. Uh, that's my background as well. And I think when we find this sacred dance or conscious dance or whatever you want to call it, you find your place because there was always something pulling you towards dance. But I think that competitive world somehow, you know, it, it, it I don't know, for me, it, um, it didn't make it as fun. You know, once, once you begin to compete with other people or you get into these classes that are just so difficult. And, and I understand that, like, I understand where those people are coming from, but for me at least, and it sounds like you had the same experience when you find that sacred space where dance is just dance, it's, it's something to be enjoyed. I think that it, it opens up a whole new door and you can really love your passion rather than than having to fight with other people to be able to do it. This is bringing back so many memories from just what you've said, Leslie. Um, I remember when I was ten years old, and I was a I was a pretty cute little kid. I was in a normal sized body, uh, and I looked in the mirror and went, "Uh oh." Because I, I carry to this day, all my weight is in my, my middle, which isn't the healthiest place for us to carry our weight. But that's where mine always has been. I looked in the mirror at age 10 and said, I've got to go on a diet. And I think that's and it was because of, you know, being in leotards and performing and, and all of us, you know, even even though I wasn't in the New York City ballet or anything, everything about that dance world is about being thin. And that took me right through my life until I got again to my yoga ashram where I realized, oh my heavens, everyone is a dancer and any size is a good size. You know, yes. all, all, all of us are welcome. That changed everything for me. So yes. I started this little thing. I love my belly. I love my butt. <laughs> I do that in a lot of my classes, primarily for me, <laughs> let alone all the other uh, people who have been harmed. But it's true because problem. it's a very visual thing. I think traditional dance is very visual. It's always what it looks like from the outside. And and when you're doing some kind of sacred or conscious dance, it's about embodiment and about being in your body and what it feels like rather than than what it looks like. So it does. It takes on. I had the same problem. I I was told very young that I was not going to be a dancer because I didn't have a dancer's body. I was very round hips. But then when I came to Egypt, <laughs> then I realized that actually is a dancer's body in Egypt because, oh. you know, belly dance and these types of, of dance are very popular. And, um, and you want to have something there. <laughs> you want to have that movement. So, so it is, it's, you know, it, it depends on how you're looking at it, what direction you're coming from and, and I like what you say that everyone is a dancer because I think that that's true. And, and it's unfortunate that people have been made to feel that it was something that they couldn't do because they didn't have the right kind of body or uh, maybe they're even not that musically inclined, but it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy what you're doing. That's true. And I'd like to actually just take a moment to honor um, the great uh, Paul uh, Taylor, uh, he was he was in the Martha Graham Company and then had his own. He just died recently, but when I was a freshman at, at Skidmore College, a senior was by the name of Lila York, and she had a very round body, 
wonderful dancer. And the next year she got into the Paul Taylor Dance Company where she stayed forever. And I just want to acknowledge him because nobody back then this was this would have been in 1971. Nobody would have hired somebody that round. She was yeah. great. She was wonderful. Yes. And she got into so Paul Taylor did a lot of that, which I really appreciate Good for him. Yes, because it's interesting. Different bodies move in different ways. And it's interesting. And honestly, I, w I went back to the US this past summer, the first time in three years. And I was pleasantly surprised by how many different body shapes there were on like, so you think you can dance, for example, exactly. that suddenly they were, they were including people that weren't the traditional body type. So um, there has definitely been, been a shift, but as you said, so you, this is 2022, you're talking about many years ago, uh, that that he included those people, but yeah. but he's probably the only one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that, that other people did. Yeah, no, he he was a trailblazer, and I will say also, Leslie, as as much as I agree with you about the 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 different kinds of body types, I just get really upset with that title. So you think you can dance? It's like, hello, can't you make it a better title than that? Of course we can dance. We uh -huh. just might not be dancing the way you feel we should, you know? So uh -huh. Yes, I do think I can dance. <laughs> Maybe that's I know what I called. can dance. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Very good. We'll we'll write in and suggest that to them or make our own show. Maybe. Yeah. So maybe, tell yeah. us, tell us about Let Your Yoga Dance. Give us a kind of an overview of, of what okay. it is and, and how you got there. Well, thank you. And you, you gave such a nice intro about it. But I will say that um, as I was at, the, at this yoga center, I was, I just, starting in about 1985, over the 12 years, I was literally living in an ashram with this spiritual aerobics class. I thought, okay, I'm going to take the best of this thing. But then I also want to bring in actually yoga. I mean, if we're at a yoga center, why don't we start merging dance and yoga, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so I started in just, I'd go to, you know, we'd have a satsang, you know, in the company of truth at night with the guru. And after that, everybody went to bed, but I'd go down snare stairs I'd sneak downstairs and just start dancing and and and, and feel out what it, I didn't know exactly what I was trying to figure out but I knew it was bigger and more more sacred than what was going on in the actual classes so I created let your yoga dance and I like to say that it's a combination of literally everything I've ever loved to do in my life. So we've got yoga and dance and it's all gentle. It's I want everybody to be able to do it. And that took a long time because when I first got to the ashram, I was, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a great New York dancer, but that's that was my focus. So, you know, we were doing spins and and I realized, oh, a lot of the normal people don't do this. So I've got to make things gentler. So my whole life has been about gentling things down. So everybody, everybody is welcome. So we do moving meditation, we do qigong, we do a little improv, we do seated meditation, we dance like crazy. And what we do is we go through the chakras, the energy centers, and I'm sure a lot of listeners know what they are, but they're basically just the seven centers of energy and what i decided to do when i was creating let your yoga dance was okay i've got to get a 
I've got to figure out a music library for the chakras. Now, what's that going to be? <laughs> so, you know, starting with what you might call yoga, I start, I start very um, slowly and then, you know, so, you know, really working the, the muscles, again, getting, getting a little warm. And then, so that's the feet, the legs, the ground, all the way up to the tailbone, the first chakra, and then just moving up through all these centers of energy and what music goes with each chakra. And what's so much fun is that um, when I figured this out, I realized, oh my gosh, all of all of the people who train in Let Your Yoga Dance, we've got our own lingo. We've got our, our music language, which nobody else really knows. So when we're on Facebook or whatever, somebody says, well, I'm teaching and I can't find a chakra four. Because does anybody have a chakra four? And then people will write in about, well, here's a heart song. This is a devotional song that I've been using. You know, So we really all then, once we have the, the lingo, then we can... Whenever I always say to my students, you're never going to hear music again in the same way because <laughs> you're always going to yes. remember. You're always going to think, is this is it this chakra? Is it that chakra? So um, so I've been basically teaching this. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary and it's just very exciting to be able to teach it. I, I teach it on Zoom now uh, until until the world gets a little more calmed down. I think it's nice to be on Zoom. Yes. And uh, so I, I teach yes. classes. Yeah, classes and workshops and training so that other people can teach. But I think as you as I said already, that one of my biggest credos is that everybody is a dancer, but also is that we all need to honor the body. So if I offer something that doesn't work for somebody, don't don't think of it as, oh, I can't do it. It's just that it's not available for my body. Um, and that's important because I hate to think of somebody going, oh. I suck. No, we're just different. And I teach now in chairs as well for special populations. So, and that's really delightful. That, that gives me a lot of joy. So I think the only other thing I'll say is our mission. It took me a while over the decades to really land what the mission is. And now I've got the mission. <laughs> and of course I make my trainees memorize it and then use it as a 30 second elevator speech <laughs> when they're, when they're at, what do you do? Oh, well, I teach let your yoga dance and our mission is to spread joy and consciousness throughout the world by transmitting body health, brain health, heart health, and soul health to all populations. And our tagline is healing through joy. Joy. That's why I'm the chief joy yes. officer of Let Your Yoga yes. Dance because it's, it is joy-based. So important. And I, I want to get back to that point because um, that is, I think that's a very critical thing that we have lost is, is joy <laughs> in our lives in general. So um, I think that, that dance is a way into that. And, um, and, but let's, let's come back to that. I have another question. Okay. Something else okay. that you mentioned working with different populations. Tell us a little bit about that. You do work with people with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. So, so tell us what that's like or, or how this, dance form is is beneficial to them oh my heavens oh, thank you for asking uh, this is an integral part of the practice now I mean I used to just teach for I don't like to use this expression but it was let your yoga dance for so-called regular 
populations, people who were relatively nimble, that could, you know, walk around, dance around the room. But um, back in 2006, you know, I taught a class, um, I, I didn't teach it every day, but uh, I taught it a few times a week. And, you know, people would come different people every time. But I had, in about a month period, I had five people come up to me and say, you know, I just took your class and I've got Parkinson's. And I went, gee, somebody else just said that. And they said it was so meaningful to them and it made them feel much better. And one person said, you know, my tremors stopped. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So I literally, I mean, I was really busy. <laughs> and I looked up in the sky and said, hey, yo, are you wanting me to teach as if God's up there? I mean, why didn't I look down at the earth? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I looked all around and said, are you, trying to tell me something? are you trying to tell me something? Because I know nothing about Parkinson's. I don't have any family members. I do now, but I didn't then. Yeah. And um, and so the answer seemed to be yes. So I, I, I buddied up with a wonderful fellow named David Leventhal, who teaches He's the director of dance for PD, Parkinson's disease, um, at, with the Mark Morris um, dance group in Brooklyn. And we teamed up and we taught a class in Western Massachusetts. And that was the beginning of my Parkinson's class. Of course, I was reading everything I could on Parkinson's. By the way, Parkinson's for Dummies is a great book. I love those Dummies books. <laughs> they're really, they're really <laughs> yeah. The name, again, the name is not great. Terrible. But, uh, terrible. Yeah. And, and, Park, <laughs> and also Shakespeare for Dummies is simply hilarious, but I digress. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, so I started in and have been teaching it ever since. And I started realizing over time, you know, okay, how do you teach people in chairs and this was you know this was a while back now now chair yoga is super popular and dancing in chairs is well known but it wasn't as well known then and um i realized that well wait a minute people with parkinson's are going to get a lot out of this but but my student with ms and my other student who has arthritis and my other student who is overcoming the effects of chemo can get a lot out of this too. So I, I broadened it a bit and I, I now tend to call it let your yoga dance gentle style in and around chairs so that everybody again can feel welcome. And of course, I'm going to get a new hip next month. So I'm going to be a special pot yeah. for a while. I'm going to be yeah. a special population person, you know, so I've given myself a nice rehearsal for that. Um, but I, again, the whole thing around healing through joy, so many of my students, almost pretty much all of them will say, I was feeling so horrible when I came and, you know, my body was hurting and I was aching and the tremors were really bad. And then by the end of class, I just feel so different and I feel joyful and they could walk out into the world and, and it would stay with them for quite some time. One of my students said, this is, this is much better than my Parkinson's drug. Um, I don't get any of those horrible side effects. I, he said, the only side effect is joy. That was really sweet. Well, wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> if that was the worst thing that was going to happen, that would be great. Yes. Yeah. But what I was just recently watching a, a, a video, a talk about dance and Parkinson's and, and it was really interesting. It was, I mean, they were talking about even, uh, even just for like memory, um, how, as we, as we get older, how the hippocampus begins to shrink and how dancing actually makes it begin to grow again. Are there specific things with Parkinson's that happen that 
with dance that that make it unique as a as a way to heal or or to at least alleviate some of the symptoms? Oh, absolutely. And uh, and as I said, you know, the mission um, transmitting, um, spreading joy and consciousness through transmitting body health, brain health heart health and soul health. So every single class that I lead, whether it's for the regular population or whether it's for the um, special populations and people with Parkinson's, I have a big brain component. So, and the hippocampus, in fact, I always tell them, you know, hippocampus, that means seahorse. So what we want to do is build some more seahorses. So we're going to dance and get lots of seahorses dancing around our brain so that we can really hold on to the memories. And um, I do all kinds of tricky things. Some of the things I do in my special populations class you might see in a physical therapy setting, but I switch it around and turn it into a really fun dance for them. You know, we do a lot of things with clapping and snapping. We do a lot of, now people with Parkinson's, sometimes they have a, a problem with their throat closing up, which is makes it difficult to eat and swallow. So I do an ice, I do an ice cream dance where you know, I have to, I'm, I know it would be hard for people to visualize this, but I'm chewing right now, chewing and swallowing and eating an ice cream cone, pretend, a pretend ice cream cone and, and moving the lips, moving the tongue around the mouth. Um, that isn't very difficult, but then there are some things that I teach to, and, and they can be in their chair or they can be standing. My feeling is if you can stand, stand, don't sit the whole class, if you can get away with it. I have a private class where one of my Parkinson's, my Parkinson students wants to sit the whole time. And I said, now, can you get up? Can you get up now? Because it'd be really good, you know, to work on balance a little bit, as long as you're holding on to something. And um, it's, it's really excellent to see them with these brain dances. I, I know for me, my, my, I don't have Parkinson's, but I know for me, I, I know I'm getting older, so I need to get my hippocampus going. And these dances that are tricky, not too hard, I don't want them to be so hard that people give up, but just make it challenging enough to work the brain. And then if, if they blow it, who cares? You know, I, you know that song, do you remember that song, um, Three, six, nine, the goose drank wine, the monkey took tobacco on the streetcar line. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sounds like well, it's a really rowdy silly. song. It's a, yeah. it's a really silly song, but it's hard because three, six, nine, I make them hold up the number three and the number yeah. six and the number nine. And it was really hard for me to teach myself that three, six, nine, it's hard. And so I watch them and over time they get it. And I know that that little hippocampus is growing and that's what we want. So that's coming mainly like from the choreography then, like from giving them specific tasks or, or movements that they need to do. Exactly. And also, I love for all of my students to sing. I come from, again, I come from a world where I was raised with the Victrola, <laughs> with, the, with the record players singing every possible Broadway musical. And I love to sing. And I know some people don't love to sing. But again, if, if people with Parkinson's, they should be singing because it opens up the throat. This is the fifth chakra. Mm -hmm. um, the fifth chakra is around the throat and the neck, and it opens it up and helps. Um, and of course, people with Alzheimer's, I mean, that's a whole different population. That's a very different um, 
group of people to teach. But I've noticed when I have taught that population that if I can get them oming, just chant, Om, and those vibrations are going all over the body. And of course, there's lots of pranayama experiences in yoga, like the bumblebee breath. Mm. I mean, you just do that and you can feel the vibrations just flowing all over the head and throat. And it makes them a little more clear. It's amazing how just mm -hmm. that little experience of oming within the movement, I always do ohm in every class. Uh, it is a, it's let your yoga dance. So I bring that opportunity in and you might think a oh, big deal, but it is, it is a big deal. Yeah. Fascinating. And I bet I had never thought of this before, but, but since you mentioned uh, like making sounds, I imagine that as we get older, we probably don't talk as much as we used to, like as much as we did when we were, we were younger. I think people get a bit more isolated um, and we probably don't communicate verbally as much as we, as we did. I know I don't, <laughs> maybe I should speak for myself, but, um, but I think about that. I think about, you know, elderly people, like sometimes they're just not communicating as much as they might have when they were younger. Well, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because when I started teaching the, the special populations gang, the, the, and, and at that point it was strictly people with Parkinson's, um, one of the things I wanted was for them and their caregivers, their loved ones to come together and do the class and then share afterwards. What eventually happened was the people usually about, you know, 95% of the time, the caregivers were just so grateful that they could have a little time on their own that they took off and they didn't stay. They wanted to just have space to be on their own. But uh, some people would stay. And then afterwards, we would share together. It's a little different now on Zoom, but not not too terribly different. Um, some people don't, some people in the special populations world don't, they just don't feel comfortable on, on these platforms, these technological platforms. But if they can just hang in there and do it, the exact same thing can happen. We can talk to each other um, and what's also nice is that they won't ever forget anybody's names because the names are written right down <laughs> at the bottom. That's a good so point. That's, that's really, I'm telling you. I never thought about teach, that, but yeah, I don't forget oh people's God. names. <laughs> when I'm teaching, when I'm teaching my trainees, when I'm teaching my trainees, sometimes I go, oh, "What's that people? Oh, it's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can I can get their name a lot quicker than I used to when I was always doing it live." But but you're absolutely right. Community is one of the biggest, biggest things. And COVID has just created such a nightmare for people. And because I was lucky, I, I, and, and you know, Leslie, because we've had talks about this before, um, I'm not a techie. I, you know, technology is, is challenging for me, but I, I got help when, when COVID struck because I thought, well, I'm not going to have a job. I'm not, I, I have work to do. I better get on this Zoom thing, whatever it is. And I learned, and then I saw that that because I've been doing this nonstop throughout COVID, 
I've been actually pretty happy. And I, because let your yoga dance, I always say, you know, they talk about daily dose. How do you get your daily dose of joy? Well, let your yoga dance, daily dose. D is dopamine, O is oxytocin, uh, S is serotonin, and, and E is endorphins. I get this. So I've been pretty happy um, during these three, two, almost three years. And so it breaks my heart when people have been so isolated. It's like, well, come over to our house and you won't be so isolated. <laughs> get on Zoom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are always ways. Yeah, I think it challenged us, but we rose to the occasion and we... We figured it out and there's a place for this and there's a place for that. So I think uh, it is a technology we can use. Yes. And I, I like it's going said. away. No. And I think it affords us like this. I'm in Egypt and you're in the United States. So I think, you know, there is a place for it um, in our expanding world. And maybe we don't yeah. want to completely isolate ourselves and just go online like we had to at one point, but it's nice to have that option and to be able to connect to a wider group of people if we, if that's what we choose to do. Yeah. And I actually, I'm still, I'm a hundred percent on zoom, except when I'm invited to something live and I yeah. have been invited. I went to New York city with the um, Jewish community center um, in Manhattan. And we did a, a positive psychology weekend live up until then um i've been doing monthly lunch and learns with them use with let your yoga dance different aspects of let your yoga dance and positive psychology but but then just last month i i was working live it was so it was so strange i thought oh my god this is a different yes. animal i've gotten uh -huh. so used to zoom i have yet to do that <laughs> i'm planning on doing that but i have yet to do live in person classes yeah it yeah. was fun it was, i must say it yeah. was fun however however i thought boy this is a possible covid nightmare you know i, I who know who knew but i was fine i was fine but <laughs> i think that even in that we can do things in different ways you know now that we know maybe you stand further apart from each other or something i don't know i mean there are yeah we let's let's find yet another way to work through this. I'm, there are infinite possibilities, so we can do it. Yeah. So let's go. You brought it up. So let's go back and talk about positive psychology. What <laughs> what is that, and and how does that integrate with let your yoga dance? Oh my heavens! Well, it's so funny. It's like it's like every every few years something comes into my life, and I go, wow. I could put that into Let Your Yoga Dance. That would be amazing. <laughs> so what happened was Tal Ben-Shahar, who is a superstar in the positive psychology world, he came to some of my classes and he said, would you, he, he, he was at that point from Israel. And he said, would you like to teach your training over in Israel? And I went, okay, my, I have a huge marketing plan. I go where I'm asked. <laughs> That's my marketing plan. And so, but he, but instead he came and, and, and came and, and took my training in the United States. And I didn't know at that time that he was Harvard's most popular professor in this thing called positive psychology. And so I quickly learned that basically really simplistic definition. Are you looking at the world with the glass half empty or half full or full full or whatever. And if you go to a, 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 a psychology therapy, which I did for a little while, a long time ago. And what was her first question? What's wrong? 
with positive psychology, the first question might often be, what's right? What's, what is working for you? And take it from there, not to, not to deny, not to deny that, you know, terror can happen and tragedy and loss and depression, not at all pretending that you're just going to band-aid it up. No, no, no. But just to remember there's a whole other aspect of humanity. And Freud had basically said, you know, we're, we're dealing with people who are so neurotic and psychotic, and we're lucky if we can get to ground zero. And then Martin Seligman from the University of, of Pennsylvania, who had been teaching um, psychology for 30 years, said in 1998, enough of this. Can't we can't we go from ground zero higher? And I, meanwhile, was teaching all this joyful stuff and going, oh my God, there's such a yes, better we way can. to uh-huh. live. There's so, much <laughs> so anyway, positive psychology has been going on its merry way, but there wasn't so much movement at all. And so with Tal, when he was teaching, I said, Well, I you need me. And and he was my student first, so I could boss him around like crazy. And I said, you need me in that course because I move joy. That and, and, and I'll listen to you and I'll extract your teachings and put it into the body. And he went, uh, okay. <laughs> he, he didn't know what he was getting into. And that's what I've been doing ever since is really can it's and it's opened up my creativity like nothing. So how can I take a, a positive psychology teaching tenet and and embody it? And it's been so much fun. And the biggest thing I've done is take the, this, there's a there's an, uh, an organization called VIA, V-I-A, it stands for Values in Action. And if you go to their website, oh my heavens, you there are millions of people who study with VIA all around the world. And Um, Martin Seligman and the late uh, Chris Peterson from the University of Michigan got together in the late 90s and they went around the world to see what values, what character strengths every human has in common, regardless of gender, regardless of um, uh, status, regardless of, you know, country. And they came up with 24 character strengths and six virtues. And there they are. And what I've done is put movement to all of them. And uh-huh. I just think that's been really, really exciting. And I do 30 day practice. You've got a great 30 day practice, I know. And I've got one too, which doesn't, it, it happens a few times a year. But it helps me to think about my character strengths, either the lowest ones, you know, you can go on and get a free, you can get a free assessment they'll ask you questions and then they shoot out to you for free, your top strengths down to the lowest. And the happy news is that your lowest doesn't mean you suck at it. It just means that it isn't as high as the others. But moving with my strengths, to me, that's that's just like the frosting on the cake. And but I, um, I don't think, go ahead. No, finish your thought. Well, I just think positive psychology has a long way to go with movement. They're very cognitive and that's great. And research galore and this and that and the other, but this this piece is in its infancy. And I think more and more, the more they realize, the more psychologists and just kind of quote unquote normal people realize that when we move um, our bodies, joy is going to be a result. You know, really, especially if you're using a really great piece of music. So now yes. I will be quiet. No, I, I was just going to say that I think in general, the focus on wellness 
has never been the focus. Is even in in medicine, it's generally what's wrong with you. And as you said in psychology, it's it's what what's wrong with you. So I think that's amazing. And we have that in in many different areas now that the that focus on wellness that you know the body will heal itself if you if you aid it in that healing you don't have to wait until something goes wrong and mental health as well i think first of all mental health was often seen as something that maybe we shouldn't even look at but um then i think people started to realize that maybe they should maybe there was were problems but now as you said it's it's moved toward towards what's right with your life rather than what's wrong with your life and and you know, both physically and mentally and i hope that the next frontier is embodiment is that realization that we are an organism that there's the there's the mind and the body but there's also how it interacts yeah. with each other and that we are embodied or in a body and how those things can work together so um yeah that sounds great those i'm i'm excited to to hear more about those 25 characteristics and then how you can move with them that sounds yeah i'll like send you a link I'll send you a link, but you know, yes. Leslie, we, I mean, it's in its infancy, but there are people like um, Kelly McGonigal, whose joy of movement is excellent. She's from Stanford. And then Wendy mm. Suzuki from NYU is doing some great work as well. Um, but I, I'm reminded, I just want to say briefly, uh, from what you just said, I, uh, many years ago, I was asked to come to um, Montreal for the third World Parkinson Congress. It was really beautiful, hundreds and hundreds of people from all around the world. And I was asked to lead Let Your Yoga Dance for Parkinson's, which I did. And opening night, there was a neurologist who had Parkinson's. And he said something which has really stayed with me all these years. He said, just remember everyone that the letter I, or the word I, um, is the first letter of illness. And the word we, is the first two letters of wellness. And I just thought that was so beautiful to remember yeah. that community, bringing community in a safe and sacred and brave space together is really the beginning of wellness. Yes. And again, I think that that whole area of, of um, thinking about relationships, I don't think that people put that much merit in relation, not merit in relationships, but th I don't think they realized how important that was. And I think with a lot of the trauma work that is being done by Vander Kolk and, and Peter Levine and these people there and how our, our, just our nervous systems co-regulate with other people. I think it's really showing us that we are we are meant to live in groups, in tribes, that we are not meant to be isolated, that we, that we need that. We need to interact with other people and that relationship, and I don't mean relationships like dating somebody or even having friends, no. but just relationships, all kinds of relationships. The guy you talk to, the grocer that you talk to when you go to the store, yeah. that, you know, just to interact with people and to have connection and and relationships, how important this is 
just to our well-being. I think that really, especially in, in this time of technology where everybody's on their phones, this is, you know, and, and even texting rather than talking to somebody, oh. this is a very dangerous place to be. And I think it it's is. important to, that's fine for a little while to be amused by something, but to realize that relationship is kind of like the air that we breathe. We need to have, yes. it's something that we need. It's not optional. It's actually something that we need to thrive. And I'd like to take it one little step further um, because I've been teaching this for a long time since I discovered these character strengths. Um, one of the strengths is called teamwork. So, you know, when I initially heard that, read that, I thought, okay, you know, work in teams, that's, you know, am I working well in a team? And then I went, well, wait a minute. I've got this team right inside me. I've got an enormous team. Your I've body. got these blood, these blood vessels, and I've got yes. these fingers. And so pretty much most of my classes, I start with look at the team of your body and every single thing about your body is doing nothing. But trying to make you healthy and equanimous, giving you balance. And so I love to start with the team of, of me. Um, and, th and, th and then it comes into the next character strength of gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thanking my hip that's so sore. You know, thank you for getting me through all these decades. <laughs> you know, and I think that that's also just as important because sometimes we can completely forget ourselves. I can, I can when, you know, I've got a, de a deadline, which I would rather call a life circle instead of a deadline. But um, when I have that, I will tend to just forget about what's going on in here and just work at the, uh, at the, at the, you know, rehearse and rehearse and rehearse the thing I'm supposed to do rather than go, wait, wait, just pause, pause and breathe. And thank this body for just hanging in there with you and help making you be healthy. So I just wanted to give a plug for yes. teamwork. Yes. No, absolutely. And the body. <laughs> I don't yeah. think people realize quite what a miracle it is. We've, we take that for yeah. granted. But um, yes. And I do think that dance and movement is something that can make us truly appreciate that. For me, I don't think... I think I was a person that was very disconnected from my body, even when I was dancing, because I was dancing somebody else's dances. But right, when right. I found sacred dance, I think that was the first time that I truly embodied. And mm -hmm. then as I would do these movements, that's when I finally realized what this body was all about. And again, growing up in a, in a culture where you know, there was a stereotype of, of what perfection was. And if you weren't that, then you didn't have the right body. Once these movements started coming through, it was like, wow, okay, that's what that part of my body is about. And to be able to physically experience that, I think that was when I first really connected to my body in my lifetime. And I was probably in my 30s or something. So so I had lived the first three decades of my life not being embodied. And for me, it was really movement and dance that made me make that reconnection. Oh, thank you for that. And of course, you every time you talk, I think about like 10 more things. But I just briefly also wanted to mention that um, we can use our body to help us through grief. 
by dancing. And I just thought of a, a time when I was directing a training and, and, a, and it was Mother's Day and my daughter had died at birth five years before. And this woman right before we ended and everybody went to breakfast said, oh, my five-year-old sent a letter. Um, my, it's, it's her first Mother's Day letter. And I went, Oh, and I want to read it, she said, and she read it. It was just adorable. And I was just, it was just like everything happened all over again. I was just heartbroken. I said, everybody go off to breakfast. I'll see you in a minute. And I raced over to the audio and I, it was before, you know, it was, it was CD players back then. And um, I put on a piece of music that I knew was, you know, my daughter's music for it was, it was Sarah Grace's movement. And I moved all over the place and I wailed and sobbed and danced. And at the end of it, I just was still, I just felt, I didn't know what, you know, it wasn't anything choreographed. It was just, I was, you know, keening in grief with movement and it was just so healing. So I always use dance when I'm grieving, you know, it just, it helps. I use it for everything. I mean, it's a panacea. What can I say? <laughs> and, and I think it's, it's emotion, you know, it's really good mm -hmm. for moving emotions, whether it's grief. I use it for anxiety. If I'm yeah, having anxiety anything. or panic attacks, if, if I put the music on and just even feeling my feet connect to the floor, that's the, and I think also it, it changes the breath. So you're probably doing more deep breathing, which in and of itself would probably, you know, um, bring you down a little bit, but I really do think for moving any kind of emotion, anger, grief, anxiety, Joy. Joy, yes, joy. <laughs> yes, let's not forget the positive emotions. <laughs> Celebration. Yes. But yeah. um, no, it's a wonderful tool for that. And I think it also, I, one of the things I believe about my Let Your Yoga Dance is that it expands. Actually, my book is called Expanding Joy. It expands our ability to tolerate joy. Or what I think, I think a lot of people in this country have tamped down on it. You know, again, with the reading, the, you know, the texting, you know, everything is and just did you see what I just did? I when I'm when I'm texting, look at my shoulders going forward, <laughs> heads down, body language, you know, yes, where's the embodiment? And so yeah. we lose that that ability to feel the depths of joy, the heights of joy and grief, you know, let's feel it all. That's what being human, right? So, oh. but I think. You know, so let's talk about joy because I think, I think that a lot of people don't know how to experience joy. I mean, in Western cultures, I lived in the U.S. for 20 years and I don't know, I didn't, I didn't feel that that was something that was really kind of exalted. You know, you were, you were meant to get on with it if you were a hard worker, those were the kind of things that were, and even if you sacrificed yourself for whatever, you know, you were doing your work or, or whatever, that was considered something really, um, important, but joy seemed something kind of frivolous. And maybe you'd even be embarrassed if you were too, <laughs> too joyful because, and people might even treat you strangely. Oh. Like if you're too joyful, oh. you're, you know, what's wrong with her or, um, you know, I, I don't know. So, so I think it's a very strange, I think culturally it's not that acceptable. I mean, I hope that it's changing. 
I think it, it probably is changing. And I think positive psychology is helping it yeah. change. However, I, I was just that person. I was raised. I, I, luckily, I, I kind of have happy genes. You know, I mean, I, I think I, I do have a, a little bit of, of joy just naturally. Um, and I had a good life. My parents loved me. Oh, boy, how lucky is that? You know, a lot of kids don't have that blessing. But um, I, I was made fun of a lot for being happy. And, um, and in our dance imagine. form, yeah, <laughs> our dance form at, at uh, the yoga center where I live, the, the upper mucky mucks would go, oh, this is so frivolous. You know, this, is, this isn't oh. deep. And I go, well, yeah, what's wrong with joy? That's deep enough, isn't it? I, and I, so I was always made to question what I was doing. And of course, now <laughs> I'm vindicated. <laughs> but I think that if people would like to experience more joy, they got to get dancing, really. Even if it's in a chair, I'm not saying they, they can be in their bed. Because I've experienced people lie down in their bed and then they call me after class and they go, that was great. I feel so much better. And they were literally in bed. So, um, you know, th there is a way, there is a way to experience more joy, but I'm not saying that I'm just trying to do Band-Aid. I want us to feel everything. Like if the Dalai Lama can send blessings and metta to China after, you know, what's happened in Tibet, you know, then we can, we can, and he can feel that must be devastating to lose your own country like this. And, and yet he, he can do it. So he's a, to me, he's a nice glorious role model for us but he's not allowed to dance which is terrible <laughs> you know he's as a as a buddhist monk he's not allowed to dance yeah but i think on the other yeah. side of that if you do just move and dance those things come up i i think you don't even need to make an effort you know it, it's um but but unfortunately i think a lot of people feel that maybe they need to be drunk or something in, in order to let themselves go and dance. And again, if you would just take the first step and do it and do any kind of movement. And, and again, there's kind of that stigma that I'm not a dancer. If you could just do anything. I mean, I just have my students like rock from side to side. Yeah. You don't need, or, yeah. or like you said, do it in bed, laying down. Do it as a visualization, anything. But I do think yeah. that, that taking that first step opens the door and then the rest of it can just kind of fall in or uh, unfold uh, once you begin, once you just take that first yeah. step. And especially if there's a piece of music that you love and, mm -hmm. and it might have lyrics for example, I mean, in my world, John Batiste. Oh, I just, I just love John Batiste so much. If I put him on, you know, I, I will be singing, and and you know, I might not have a dance yet, but he'll make almost make me start to move because he's so beautiful. And just human. So get the music that you love and help yourself start dancing and and really, as you say, Leslie, it was so beautiful. Just shifting side to side. That's a dance. Just start shifting side to side yeah. and then put a little attitude, put a little attitude with that. And you've got yourself a dance. There you go. It's simple. Yeah. <laughs> it is simple, but people make it very complicated. I always say to my trainees, if you are dancing below your standards, lower your standards. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that there is also 
a lot of wisdom in going back to the beginning. I think that simplicity is, is kind of underrated because as I was saying that rocking from side to side, there is so much that you can get out of that. If you just, and you can turn your attention to the music and you can just see how it feels in your body. So I, I think that often people, I've had this in my classes, like they would say, oh, aren't we going to do new choreography? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't think we've explored <laughs> the depth of the core of just rocking from side to side or or what we're doing. I think there is so much yeah. in simplicity that often the rest is a distraction. Like if you just keep changing what you're doing, it's a, it's just another way to kind of distract yourself. So um, if sticking with the same thing, doing repetitive motions, doing simple motions, I think you can find a lot of depth in that. Oh my heavens, where have you been all my life? This is so much fun. <laughs> we need to dance was, together, yeah. I, I, exactly, I was, I was thinking about when I was a little girl in, in modern dance, the Stephanie Austin School of Modern Dance. And I started at four and, and it would you go four to six and then you'd graduate to a different leotard and a different class. And then it would be age, you know, seven to nine. And every, every different group of us, we had a pattern that we were taught and we did the same pattern at the yeah. beginning of class every single week. And it was gorgeous. I felt like such a professional. <laughs> I was a professional. And we knew exactly what we were doing. It was beautiful. We held our head high. We were these little cute little four-year-old dancers. And we didn't have to do something. I mean, we did new things. And that's what I try to do with my classes. I, I bring back some of the things mm -hmm. they've learned already. So they don't have to, yes, I want them to learn new things because it's great for the brain, that good old hippocampus seahorse, but to, to do repetitive and for, to watch them. Do I have time to tell you a story or not? I yes, might not have please do. Yes. Okay. Okay. So this was one of, this is my first let your yoga dance for Parkinson's student who just passed away a few uh, months ago. God bless him. Abraham and he had had a he'd had deep brain surgery for Parkinson's which is really brutal and he got it he got a um, infection and he was so sick in the hospital and then he went into rehab they thought he might not make it but he did so I came and he'd been he'd been studying with me at that point for about 10 years and um, big guy so he was in the rehab and I sat at the end of his bed and I brought my my little my little uh, iPhone with music, and he couldn't really talk, and I didn't even know if he understood anything I was saying. But I put on a Karen Drucker song that goes like, uh, "You are the face of God. I hold you in my heart. You are a part of me. You are the face of God." And their little sign language. I did sign language gestures, which I had taught them for years, not every class, but you know, you are the face of God. And I hold you in my heart. You are a part of me. You are the face of God. So basically, there are four gestures. And I started playing the song. And I started doing the gestures. And with his eyes closed, he was doing the gestures. And so I knew he was fully tracking everything that was going on. And it was just so powerful to see the power of music and movement and he got better i mean he, he did die recently but that was years that this little story yeah. is from years ago wow. so i just i just thought it was so powerful that i wanted to share it 
Yes, I think there are, are levels to me, just to music. It's again another kind of movement, but I'm sure there's there's levels to that that um, that we don't yet understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and again, I like to you know with my with my special populations gang to make the movements challenging enough so that their brains light up but also make them simple enough that they can do them at home so that it's not just like, okay, once a week I'm coming to this class. No, do it all the time. You know, if yes. I know I've succeeded if they start dancing every day all week, that's what we want. Yes. No, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for dancing in groups, but I also think that that time that you spend dancing by yourself where your partner is the divine, it's still, you're still in a group, you're still in company, but it's a different kind of company. Right. And um, I think for me, that's where the depth comes from. That's where I'm, yes. I'm not distracted by anybody else. So I think both of those things are really important if you can, if you can do them both. Yes. And that's where for me, you know, when I told you that in Let Your Yoga Dance, we're going through the chakras. By the time we get to the sixth chakra, which is associated with the pineal gland, the, the light, the inner light intuition, I offer these um, pieces of music, which sometimes I, I have them copy what I'm doing. But oftentimes it's just like now it's your turn to let your yoga dance go deep inside and turn this piece into a dance prayer for yourself and nobody's looking you know nobody's looking mm -hmm. at you you don't have to be looking at anybody you can keep your eyes closed the whole time and uh that to me is my favorite part of the class i love the class but that to me that's when we're really you know where joy and fun meet deep and sacred so this yeah. is the most deep and sacred part dance prayer yes. that's beautiful well we're, we're coming up on an hour here, so I, I want to kind of round things up, but I okay. would like to end unless you have other comments, but I'll, I'll say this and then feel free to comment on it or anything else you'd like to add. I'd like to leave with the final notes from your book. And again, I'll, I'll tell mm -hmm. you about, about Mega's book at the end, but, um, I, I thought this was so beautiful. The final notes at the very end, you had three points, which are, you are a dancer. Your body is more than something to make your head portable and expanding your joy is possible. I think those are three beautiful <laughs> statements, a beautiful way to end the book. A beautiful way to end this conversation. And again, if you if you'd like to comment on any of those or or add anything to do anything you've said, feel free to do that. But um, I think those are three beautiful statements and very Aww. uplifting and expansive. Thank you, Leslie. I I feel I have a new best friend. Thank you so much. I've had a wonderful time <laughs> talking with you. I could talk. I could talk with yes. you for years. <laughs> yes. Well, I thought that might happen. Well, you'll just have to come back some other time, and we'll we'll talk again. Um, but before we go, I do want to just let people know where they what you're doing. You're doing Zoom classes, so tell us a little bit about what your offerings are, and. Uh, how to get in touch with you. Okay, well, thank you. I have three a week, Tuesdays, and this is Eastern time 
United States, okay? Uh, and, and they are on Zoom. Uh, Tuesdays is the so-called regular Let Your Yoga Dance class. I, did, I don't like that expression, regular, but I don't know what else to say. And then Wednesdays um, at that, oh, sorry, did I say two? Actually, I lied. It's 12 o'clock on Tuesdays and two o'clock on Wednesdays is the Let Your Yoga Dance for Parkinson's and anybody who has any issue in their body whatsoever, which is sort of everybody. <laughs> and that's at two o'clock on Wednesdays. And then on, at two on Thursdays, I teach gentle yoga and Qigong. And then I also teach privates. And um, on, on, on December 24th at 11 a.m. Eastern, I'm teaching a free class. So I think you should all come to that. It's a free class on Christmas Eve, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, And I teach salons um, on social justice every so often, and um, that is very inspiring. And I also have show and tells. So people from our, our Let Your Yoga Dance tribe will come in and teach one song and then somebody else will teach another. So we have this, this group teaching together rather than just me, which is awfully fun. So lots of things going on. And they can find that on your website. That you got my website right there. Let your yoga dance.com. And then I wanted to share about uh, free gifts too. Yes. Um, That's not, that's well, let me just go through your, your other ways to contact you. So you have a YouTube channel. And that's Let Your Yoga Dance 4504. And all of these will be linked in the show notes, so you can find them there. You're also on Facebook at Let Your Yoga Dance, and those are all one word. And Instagram. We don't, doesn't want to let me give you Instagram. (laughs) oh that's okay there she is there it is okay and it's your name but with spaces mega nancy buttonheim and there are spaces between all three of those words you're also on twitter again let your yoga dance without the e without the e for some reason (laughs) they didn't like me to have e on it yes There we go. So that's let your yoga dance, but with no E on the end. So tell us about your free, your free offering. Yes. How can people, what is it and how can people get it? If you see at the bottom there, store.letyouryogadance.com. I have two free offerings for you. For those of you who are seeing this and would like to um, have some moving yoga experiences. One is called Moon Tides. I'm a very, very lunar oriented mover. I love the moon. And so this is called Moon Tides. And I, I created a moon salutation many years ago uh, when we upstarts at the ashram felt that the sun salute was getting all the attention. <laughs> it's like, what about the moon? What about the energy coming <laughs> Good point. down? Yes. Oh, my heaven. Everything <laughs> like was that. build the energy up. Mm-hmm. Everything was up, up, up. Yes. And I'm going, no, 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 no. There's the energy down into the earth is very important. Uh, so anyway, so the, the moon tides is a lovely moving yoga event. And then that's more gentle. And then a, a little bit more dynamic is a an mp3 these are both mp3s they're auditory but i work very hard to be clear so you can understand it don't think oh it's not a you know it's i can't see it you you can totally understand it this is called power and grace and this has live drumming in the background and my colleague devarshi 
is wonderful. He's, he's fantastic. So the two of us co-beam that class. It's just so much fun. I love it. So those are two gifts for you, if you would like. Excellent. And again, the link will be in the show notes, but it is store.letyouryogadance.com. And you also have a book. Let me just put that up there. Um, Expanding Joy. And we did talk about that just a bit, but um, that's Mega's book. So you, there are a lot of, lot of ways and I've read the book. It's a wonderful book and I've seen some of your videos. So please check out Mega and, and uh, go to her website and you can download those free offerings. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for so being much, here. Leslie. It was lovely to talk to you and, and maybe we'll, we will do it again sometime. I'm sure we can find <laughs> many more things to talk about. I'm sure we can. And thank I you think I might listeners. have to just go over. <laughs> I was saying, I, I think I might have to just travel over to Egypt and see you in person. <laughs> you should. Yes. You can do, okay. let your yoga dance here. Why not? Okay. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, thank you for being here and thank you to the listeners. And I wish everybody a happy new year and let's, let's end this one well and just burst into the next one in flames. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye.